This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. I just started rolling just okay. so that we can take this off-air stuff before yeah. we start. But you were just suggesting that you would... Well, our, uh, our friend Knackers uh, is helping us uh, record and film this episode. And he was... As I well, like this too because much of... Well, two pieces of the key artwork in my house. I, I always like the fact that the art in my house, like most of the pieces are people that I know or that, you know, they're friends of mine who are artists or they're, you know, artists who have become friends of mine, you know. And I've got two really cool pieces by Knackers in my house. Yeah. And I often, when I'm talking to people, to, you know, have to like say, you know, my friend Knackers did this for my 40th. There's this one great piece where um, it's like a picture of the view outside my Sydney house. And I had it on my wall in LA for the whole time I was there. It was really just a nice reminder of home. And now Knackers here filming <laughs> And after for creating us. those two beautiful pieces of artwork, we've got him running around doing things for us. <laughs> creating another beautiful piece of artwork. <laughs> Uh, but then you, you decided you were just going to suddenly become the person who was yelling at him? Yeah, I was going to take off my shoe and throw it at him because he was getting in my line of sight. <laughs> I was going to have a Christian Bale-style meltdown. And then we started just having fun with remembering when Christian Bale had that meltdown. Because it's a classic thing that if I hated Christian Bale, that would be the evidence that I constantly brought up that he was a terrible bloke. Like yeah. if you were just like, nah, I'm not a Christian Bale fan. Have you ever seen that, how he treats the people he works with and when he had that meltdown? But because I love Christian Bale, I find that meltdown equally as amusing yeah. as I find <laughs> everything about Christian Bale. I'm like, yeah, of course he commits to having a meltdown. He commits to every single role. Yeah. So when he's being an arsehole on set, he commits to being an arsehole on it, set. Yeah, you're right. It's like... It's like a fantastic actor playing an asshole. If you were to play the most ob- obnoxious, unreasonable, pretentious artist, yeah. what would that sound like? And, and he nails it. He, na- like he deserves every, an Oscar. Like every single role, yeah, for that meltdown. <laughs> and, then, and then the whole crowd just goes, good for you. <laughs> oh, good for you. Good for you, Christian. You walk around adjusting these lights like la, la, la. It'd be great if the guy who adjusted the lights won an Oscar for his lighting. Yeah, for supporting actor. And then Christian <laughs> goes up there and goes, Oh, good yeah, yeah. for you. Yeah, at the American Cinematography Awards. Oh, yeah. They're like, we're presenting an award. And it's like, and we've got a special surprise to present the award. Here's Christian Bale. He walks out with a trophy. He's like, oh, oh so you won an award for ruining my scene. Good for you. Oh, good for you. Or uh, the guy goes up to accept the award and then Christian just stands up in the audience and starts yelling that out. <laughs> just a slow clap from the back of the auditorium. The spotlight goes into the crowd and you just see Christian Bale standing there. Oh, good for you. I'd like to accept this award on the, oh, good for you. <laughs> for the rest of this guy's life, 
any time he achieves anything, I want Christian Bale to just burst in, like the birth of his first child. Just, oh, good for you. But always going to start off with a menacing slow clap. Like, you know, he's just proposed to his wife and he just hears from across the restaurant. Turns around. Oh, oh good, good for, for you. you. <laughs> so this episode of Tofop has started in an unusual way. Do I need to save and relax? Uh, three, two, one. Uh, 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 Tofop in three, <laughs> two. You didn't. You just went three to one. Yeah, well, because we're filming now. I was doing the TV way. Yeah, of but you've got to count down. now. But you didn't. You missed two. You went from three to one. Do it again. Okay. Tofop in three. Everyone relax. This is Dope Pop. I'm Charlie Clawson. What ding then? Uh, someone sent me a message. I, I love that because it dinged right at the moment that it was meant to be one. Well, maybe that, yeah, we should only start the show. That can be a clap that you use for editing, although we want to keep all the bit beforehand in it as well, don't yeah. we? Yeah, is it's the first time ever we've started the show without doing the intro first? Well, you know what we had? We had like a cold open, like we're the yes. office oh. or something. Oh, Brooklyn it's like, Nine Nine. No, but it's always good in a show like a moonlighting or something where you're used to like a funny opening or whatever, but they do kind of like a weird, destabilizing, disorientating opening. That's what that was. It's yeah. like, oh, has a special, has, has Ryan Johnson directing this episode? I would like to think that a few people checked to see if it was, they had accidentally skipped past the intro. Oh, we keep you on your toes. Tofop, we keep you on your toes. We've started halfway in. Well, you know what? It's, I guess it it's makes sense that we're talking about Christopher Nolan because it, like it was a- Are we? Well, Christian indirectly, because we were talking about Christopher... Uh, well, Christian Bale, who's most associated with Christopher Nolan. And so... And he makes movies that are always like, you know, the timeline is yep. out of order or whatever. So, basically, we started with something that happens later. Yeah. Which is... Good for you! Good for you! <laughs> this is a special episode. We've never done this before, but uh, in the last episode, uh, one of our Patreon subscribers... Patreon? I'm just going to put the... Uh, <laughs> I hope by this episode you still haven't worked out how to do that. Every episode it's just you going Patreon. And pointing to where the... Uh... I'd like to think you do that in real life. Yeah. Uh, but, and you can support it on Patreon and yeah, then just you just wave your, point to the, wave your finger. There should be a little... I assume the super yeah, like has a, come a, up a Cairo now. there or something like that. Uh, we had a listener, David. a Patreon subscriber, David who uh, requested that we look at a, the Wikipedia page for Roadhouse 2, which is a sequel to the 1989 film Roadhouse. So we, Starring Patrick Swayze. So should we just a, a refresher on Roadhouse? He was a bouncer at a roadhouse. Okay. Hijinks in shoe. I can't remember really the plot of Roadhouse other than that. Well, it's funny. In Australia, we don't call them roadhouses. Like, what, what's the equivalent in Australia? It's like the beef, the beef and bourbon and beefsteak. It's not called a roadhouse. It's like a bar. <laughs> the movie in Australia was called Bar because they didn't think that people would understand. Oh, that new Roseanne Barr documentary is out. No, no, no. Oh, I said film about chocolate. No. Patrick Swayze plays Roseanne Barr <laughs> in Bar. 
Uh, Roadhouse is a 1989 action film directed by Rowdy Harrington. Ooh. Great Sounds action like director. Sounds like a Patrick Swayze is a bouncer who works at the newly refurbished Roadside Bar and protects a small Missouri town from a corrupt businessman. Sam Elliott co-stars as a bouncer, his mentor and friend, and foil of Swayze's character. It also includes Kelly Lynch as Swayze's love interest and Ben Gazzara as the main antagonist. So that's all we really need to know. Uh, what do you remember? What are your memories of Roadhouse? Patrick's, Shirtless Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze works at a roadhouse. That's all but I remember. He would go... Oh, here's what I remember. He was a philosophy major, had a degree in philosophy, drove a Mercedes-Benz, but could also kick ass. Like, is there more an 80s combination? Philosophy, doctorate in philosophy, drives a Mercedes-Benz cultured, but can kick ass. And there's scenes of him, like, in the lake. I think Kelly Lynch goes visit him, and he's, like, at dawn, and he's by the lake, and he's doing, like, kung fu or something. Is this... Am I making this up? Does this sound no, familiar? I mean, I can't remember. I'm, it doesn't sound like it might not have happened. Yeah, because he, he's, that's the thing is he, he it's, this is a bar in Missouri, it's, it's quite rough, but he's this kind of cultured city guy. But you don't want to But why is he him. working as the bouncer? No, I mean, he should have taken his degree in philosophy <laughs> and become like an academic. Well, I guess the fact that there, there probably isn't a lot of jobs for people who have degrees in philosophy. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's one of those. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not a job-ready degree philosophy. It says it? he's a he's a professional cooler, a specialized bouncer with a mysterious past. Who's entire okay? So he arrives in Jasper Dalton, eventually taking lodging at a local farm. He attracts attention because of, blah, 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 because of his car, which has New York license plates, which you know the locals aren't into. Anyway, Hiding's it just says it's an unruly bar, and so he just starts working there. But it doesn't say why he's not using his degree better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it costs a lot to get a degree in America. <laughs> so much money. And minimum wage he's is like... He's never going to work that off being a bouncer in a roadhouse. Like maybe he's working for tips or something. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's not like How a How did you afford that Mercedes-Benz, Dalton? But also, who's giving you tips as a bouncer? Because the only people you're really directly... Guys, to get into the bar early. Oh, okay, so oh, bribes. bribes. Sorry. You call <laughs> He's <them> working <laughs> for bribes. <laughs> got to pay off this fucking philosophy degree, And man. this fucking Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> I've, I've got a car I can't afford. I've got a degree that's worth nothing, even <laughs> yeah. though I paid thousands for it. The only way I can ever get out of debt is bribes. <laughs> I've got to work in a purely bribe-based industry. I mean, what's the philosophical... I mean, as a philosopher, he must yeah. have, like, grappled with what that meant, right? Well, no. I mean, he would have, yeah. I guess he would have... There would have been some philosophy found where, you know, all all, um, all money is theft or, you know, capitalism right. is a system that is, is a criminal system itself. So being a criminal in a criminal system actually subverts the criminal system <laughs> or, you know, something. Nietzsche once said. Yeah, exactly, yeah. All right, that's what I remember that film. And I do remember the big the end fight scene, he's oiled up. Who's he fighting? Ben Gazzara and his gang of toughs. So essentially the whole plot is a bouncer trying to keep some bad people out of a bar? Look, I can't be, I really, I can't be bothered reading the whole no. thing. But I'm guessing that he goes to work at this bar. Ben Gazzara is a corrupt businessman landowner. He wants to buy the bar for cheap or something. Standover man. Okay. And I reckon Dalton stands up for the bar owners or the locals or whatever and defeats him and saves the bar. Yeah. That would be my guess. Well, the one thing we've always learnt from Hollywood movies is you can punch your way out of a land dispute. <laughs> <laughs> makes, makes complete sense. That was actually... That you can stop someone from buying a bar by punching enough people. That was the working title for the film. It was punching out a land dispute. <laughs> it didn't... No, cut through. 
They trialed it. Didn't it's about a land dispute. Look, yeah. hey, the whole movie's about a land dispute, guys. And he's going to punch his way out. <laughs> Roadhouse 2, made in 2006. Starring so, Patrick Swayze? No. 20 years, no, sorry, uh, 17 years after the original. It's a director video action film directed by Scott Zeal. It's a sequel to the 89 film Roadhouse. Jonathan Shake stars... Uh, as a bouncer who must protect a Louisiana bar from criminals. Now, you might remember John Shake. He I was don't. in an Australian film called Welcome to Whoop Whoop. Never saw it. Okay. Looked like something I would um, hate. The Doom Generation. He's a good, he, was, he was poised in the late 90s. You know how there's that spate of actors like Skeet Ulrich's? He was kind of a moody, brooding, good-looking dude, but was doing arty films as well. He seemed poised to be more famous than Roadhouse 2. Okay. And he did an Australian film, Welcome to Whoop Whoop. And it was one of those castings where, you know, they have to get an American star. They probably wanted to get, like at the time, who would it have been? They probably wanted to get, like, uh, uh, Freddie Prince Jr., right? That would be the top of their wish list. But the agent's gone. You can have Jonathan Sheck. Yeah. That's what was going right. on in his career. Okay. Does that make sense to anyone? Okay, Roadhouse 2, starring John Lesson. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. S-C-H-A-E-C-H. Jonathan Sheck? Shake? Shecky. We'll call him Shecky. And tribute to Kevin Smith. Okay. Shecky. DE agent Shane Tanner, Jonathan Shecky. Shake. Is he a DEA agent? DEA or a DEA agent. Okay. So which stands for what? Department of External Affairs? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't care what's going on behind the scenes. What's gone on the scenes? <laughs> Mate, we've got a Department of Internal Affairs. You can't have a Department of Internal <laughs> Affairs without a Department of External Affairs. <laughs> we are the ex- we're everything we else. We want to know what's gone on out there. You know what internal affairs do? We cover everything else. We leave internal stuff to them. Once it's inside, that is their business. But when it's on the outside, George Michael style, let's go outside. So what does it stand for? Uh, the Department of... I don't know what DEA stands for. Should I click on it? Just I've heard a lot. Uh, the Drug Enforcement Agency. There you go. Drug Enforcement Agency. I think, to tie it back to last episode, I think Hobbs works for the DEA. Okay. But why is he investigating people who steal cars? Maybe the cars are made of drugs. Made of drugs. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's the son of legendary cooler James Dalton, played by Patrick Swayze. Okay. So Shecky is son's, um, uh, Swayze's son. Nate Tanner, Will Patton, is Shane's uncle. So that Jonathan Shaggy's uncle. And the owner of the Black Pelican, a bar located in Nate's new permanent town of Tyree, Louisiana. It's a Tyree in Australia. In New South Wales, I believe. Uh, yes. Okay. It would be better if it was set in Australia. And just called it bar. <laughs> bar. bar. It's set in Tyree in New South Wales. <laughs> I don't know at this stage that it could have been worse. I mean, it could have easily been made in Australia in Tyree as much as this film has been made. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Nate gets a call from his rival, who's nicknamed Wild Bill, the former Black Pelican It'd be great if they went to the studio and they said, the one thing that we won't budge on is it has to be made in a place called Tyree. (laughs) Anywhere. We we don't care what country it's in. You find us any Tyree and we're in. You get us Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. And the place called Tyree. Well, we've got... Good news and bad news. Good news and bad news. Would you settle for? It's like get smart style. Yeah. <laughs> Would you believe? Uh, his best mate is nicknamed Wild Bill, the former Black Pelican owner who's been trying to get the bar back. Wild Bill asked Nate to meet him at a pier, supposedly to discuss a truce. 
Nate goes to the pier and gets ambushed and beaten badly by Wild Bill. So Here's he's, what I'm going to firstly say. I say his rival, not his mate. If you are going to a pier to yeah, meet somebody... Yeah, you're going to get hit over the egg with an oar. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's the equivalent of come, come rowing on the lake with me at dawn <laughs> when no one's around. Can you just hold on to this concrete block? Uh, yeah. <laughs> just while I check, you're the only person who knows the secret that could bring me down, yeah. right? Yeah, no, no, for, for no reason. You get, a, so, you get a strange phone call from me saying, well, we have to have a TOEFOP production meeting. Meet me at a lake at dawn. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, you don't think like, ah. Oh. Hey, man, um, I'd really like to catch up about the podcast. Yeah. You know the pier, right? <laughs> yeah, come alone. <laughs> at, at, at night. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I have no sympathy for somebody who goes to a peer meeting. Don't blame the victim. Well, you know what? I agree with the general principle of don't victim blame. But there is a principle also of like personal responsibility and common sense. And if you're just going to wander... I mean, yes, it would be great of, if we lived in a world, Charlie, where yeah. everybody could have a meeting on a pier at night. <laughs> not worried, getting, <laughs> not get over be, the head with an oar. Not worried about Because they're jealous about one podcast getting a good review in the New York Times. <laughs> Fine. I mean, this has been going 10 years. Can't even get reviewed in bloody the Tyree ty times. You know, you got your little podcast going really well for you. That's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Meet me on the pier. <laughs> Meet me on the pier at nine. Um, yeah, no, all I'm saying is, of course, it would be great if we lived in a world where you could safely have a meeting on a pier at night without worried about being ambushed. But mm. in the world that we live in right now, I say... Common sense. Common sense dictates that if somebody asks for a peer meeting that you refuse that and ask for another location. Yeah, and it's also... That th- it's like if someone gets trapped on Everest, they're going to get rescued off Everest. It's yeah. like, look, of course we should get you down. We'll get you down, but uh, it's hard to have some sympathy for you. Yeah. If you die climbing out Mount Everest, people, like people who are close to you mourn you, but everybody else is like, eh, you know what? <laughs> you know what he was getting himself into. <laughs> Meanwhile, in New York City, Shane, along with other DEA agents, bust drug dealers at a nightclub. Shane later gets a phone call about his uncle being in the hospital and getting badly beaten. I don't understand. Is this making any sense to you? Well, someone got... Wild Bill beat up his uncle on the pier. Yeah, okay. But what, So, hang on. Shane, he's a DEA agent and the son of Patrick Swayze. Yeah. His uncle is the owner of the Black Pelican yeah. So, bar. his owner... Uh, uh, Wild Bill okay, used to right. own the bar. And he wants and he to get wants off the his bar uncle. back. And he realises, right. as is the plot of these movies, that the only way to settle a land dispute is it's through punching. punching. Yeah. <laughs> so he lures, he lures uncle to the pier yeah. so he can give him a good bashing and get his land. No, he... Are, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. He asked the uncle. And then the young one, the D, Yeah, DEA so he finds agent. out about it. So I just got confused. Yeah. I thought, like, the DEA agent, DEA agent got bashed on the pier. No, mate, he's a DEA agent. He knows better than to have a... A midnight peer meeting. <laughs> That's one of the things they teach you at DEA school. It's yeah, like, but while Bill's very convincing, he's like, oh, come meet me at the pier. I mean, I don't mean to use peer pressure, <laughs> but you should come down. <laughs> well, Bill. Well, loves a pun, Wild Bill. <laughs> All right. So, meanwhile, in New York City, Shane, along with the other agents, bust drug dealers in a nightclub. Shane later gets a phone call about his uncle being in the hospital and getting badly beaten. Shane gets his uncle's location and leaves for Tyree, New South Wales. It's always a, a weird term, though, isn't it? Badly beaten. Because technically, he's been very well beaten. Like, if he was yeah, badly right. beaten, he wouldn't be in hospital. Yeah. Well, maybe he was badly beaten and <laughs> they missed. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I've been badly beaten. No, they didn't land a punch on me. They were so bad at beating you up. 
I'm actually fine. He gets his uncle's location, leaves with Tyree. Shane takes off for local authorities to find out who ambushed Nate. Shane decides to stay in Nate's house and run the Black Pelican in Nate's absence, much to the dismay of Wild Bill. The location is best for drug running, as the Black Pelican is close to their border. However, like his uncle, Shane refuses to sell at the bar and damages the numerous thugs that Wild Bill sends his way. Well, here's what I was going to say. is It probably should come as no shock that a DEA agent doesn't want people dealing drugs in his bar. The fact that his uncle also had those principles is admirable because yeah. he's not a DEA agent. But So DEA agent goes and starts working at his... And luckily, coincidentally... Yeah, is he allowed to just take time off work like that? Yeah, it seems weird, doesn't it? That if you work for the DEA, you could just go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bouncer now. <laughs> I'm a bouncer and a Have you seen now. my Mercedes-Benz and my philosophy degree? I'm hoping that um, I will stumble onto some underground drug operation coincidentally, though, that'll make... Uh, my time worthwhile. You're right. If I was his boss, I'm like, how do you know this is going to happen? I think you, yeah. you're in on it. Well, that's I'm highly mean, suspicious. It, it, there's no indication that he says, I'm going to do this to like run but, the drugs but, out yeah. of town. Like, maybe there is in the movie. Maybe that is the justification. But uh, otherwise, you could have just gone and worked in a bar where nothing happened. A small subplot involves Shane still looking for the murderer who killed his father. All right, ah. so that's a huge plot point that you think would have been revealed earlier. Well, a good way to explain, though, why Patrick Swayze is not in the movie. Yeah, but don't you think that, would, that should be what the plot of the movie is about? Who killed my father? Not, can you come work a few nights on the door at my bar? <laughs> like, isn't the murder of your father going to take a bit more precedence over three nights a week? I'm down just, like, <laughs> blocking groups of guys from coming Checking into this ideas. Class. It's like, yeah, but your dad got murdered and you work in law enforcement. You got better things to do? Sure, fine. Right. His mum's like, all right, cool. <laughs> you know, he's working at a bar now. <laughs> and still unsolved. Is he still the DA? <laughs> he's got access to kind of information that could help us find the killer. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, he's, but uh, he's got to toss some dudes out of it. He's just got his RSA and he needs to pop down and do some bar work. So he's still looking for the murderer who killed his father, the legendary Dalton, many years ago when Shane arrived home from work. Shane was a rookie Louisiana, Louisiana rookie, that's a vocal warm-up, a rookie Louisiana state trooper. So, right, he was murdered years ago when Shane arrived home. After Dalton's murder, Shane left town and joined the DEA as a field, field agent. Now, while Bill's boss, Miami crime syndicate kingpin Victor Cross, Decides it's time to handle matters personally, since Wild Bill's men have not been doing a good job of taking care of Shane. Shane is soon faced with impossible odds and a low number of staff members at the Black Pelican. This doesn't sound like a compelling plot. Well, basically, it's just an escalation, isn't it? Video game style. Basically, he's got his first enemy and then like a legion of, you know, so he beats up a whole bunch of you know, villains early on. And then there's like an insurmountable amount of villains. Yeah. To rid Louis Raising the stakes. But spoiler, I've not seen this movie, but I imagine that they are not an insurmountable amount of opposition. I'm imagining. And again, I might be wrong. It might have a real twist at the end. I feel like he is going to overcome those odds. Do you think this film... And look, I don't know if Roadhouse was successful or if it's ironically like loved or whatever, but I know people know what Roadhouse is. It's a bit of a touchstone from the 80s. But don't you think this sequel, they have fundamentally misunderstood what makes the character of Dalton interesting? That it's Patrick Swayze? Well, that. <laughs> if it had been Freddie Prince Jr., maybe. They've missed everything that made it fascinating, which was that it was Patrick Swayze. But the character of Dalton, John Dalton, whatever his name is, is that he's a philosophy major who drives a Mercedes-Benz who bounces. Yeah. This guy is a cop. He's a DEA agent. He works chasing bad guys. Like... 
it's the contradiction or the mysteriousness about Dalton that makes him interesting. If you just make this guy a cop, it's not interesting. It would have been hard, though, to make him also a philosophy No, but give him another bullshit degree. (laughs) (laughs) Meteor arts. I didn't mean He's got a meteor arts degree. (laughs) He went to Rusden College. Knackers went to Rusden, too. (laughs) We're we're just like Dalton. (laughs) Drama dance. He has a drama dance degree. That's perfect. You're right. He's graduated with a drama dance degree. <laughs> Which makes sense, because Patrick Swayze was a yeah, dancer. a dancer. It's a nod to Patrick Swayze. You remake Roadhouse. Yeah. And Roadhouse rather, 3. With, rather than philosophy, he has a drama dance degree yeah. from Rusden College. Yeah. <laughs> and when he fights a guy, he also dances. Well, he so uses his powers of dance. dance to beat That's why he's become such a good fighter, because he has what? the powers of but dance. But that's kind of what the first Roadhouse is, because it's Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Have you ever seen, but he when he real, does action yeah. films, because he's this graceful dancer, it's yeah. the thing I love most about a uh, Patrick Swayze movie is he plays a badass, but then he walks out of the scene and he's got that tight bum dancer's walk. <laughs> like, no matter how like macho the action is, like there's a shot in Point Break where... You know, the shower scene, you know, that yeah. would be a waste of time. We're just going to fuck you up. And they had the big punch up. And as he's walking off with um, Keanu Reeves, he's like, you know, I respect that, man. They, those guys didn't back you down one second. You didn't hesitate, you know. And he's like, I'm Bodhi, da, da, da. And then he walks up in his wetsuit. And he's just got that little tight bum walk. Like, <laughs> you know, dancers, they had that kind of pigeon toed shuffle. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no matter how cool he is in, in that scene, he's just got that little... You like, you want to play like a piano, like... Okay, so we do, we do Roadhouse 3. It's a, um, it's a reboot. Like, well, it's a reboot. It's a, you know, like, like it's a doing, road boot. Like, like they're doing with the uh, Terminators. Yeah. Where you just ignore that Roadhouse 2 has actually happened. So yeah. this movie does not exist. We essentially make a sequel to the original Roadhouse yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. And in that sequel, is it still The Sun? Yeah, and it's Zac Efron. Cast Zac Efron. Okay, he can dance, great. right? All right. So Zac Efron. We get Zac Efron because he's got the body. Or, or Ryan Gosling after La La Land. You know what? And he can dance. I reckon Ryan Gosling too. too. But that's okay. Like because would what, he, he now be age-wise, that, that would be absolutely fine. And I like the idea that he's a bit older. And you know what? He he's, doesn't need to be like He's kind of good at that character. Like yeah. that's what he was in Drive. He was this like man of contradictions, yeah. you know, strong, silent type. Yeah, he could do it. Yeah, so we get Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And he's playing Patrick Swayze's son. Son. And he went to university. His name's Dalton Dalton. He got a, he got a uh, drama, and, no, his drama and dance degree. Dalton Pepper. <laughs> and he always starts with saying Dalton Pepper's here. Dalton Dal, Dal, Pepper's Dal, here. Dalton Dal, 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 Pepper's here. <laughs> he has a speech impediment, Will. You shouldn't make fun of him. <laughs> Or if it's just the unremarked upon. So, oh, it's our movie. I was suddenly just speculating, but I was like, oh, no, this is our movie. We were writing it So, right yeah, now. exactly. So his name is Dalton Pepper. <laughs> uh, absolutely, that is exactly what his Ooh, name is. Baby, baby, and then baby. we just have a, a range of during the movie where he has to be announced into rooms and people say, Dalton Pepper's. <laughs> you know, but never like with a wink to camera. Always like, you know, he's the yeah. secretary at an office where he like comes up to have the confrontation yeah. with somebody and she's like, sir, yeah. Dalton Pepper's here. Yeah, Dalton Pepper's here. Oh, and we in effect. <laughs> <laughs> so his son Dalton Pepper's got a drama and dance degree. Yeah. So then how does he get to be a bouncer in a bar? Well, you can use the same plot. Uh, his uncle took over the bar. Okay. He's come down to visit. He's taking a break from his Broadway show called Hot Hot Heels. 
it's just him just like doing old like Bob Fosse routines, like, you know, just dancing and stuff. That's I, how you open the film is it's like action kind of like, you know, Fast and Furious titles, but it's just like a Bob Fosse routine, like Ryan Gosling just like, you know, dancing and up. Is it too much? <laughs> is, this too, is this too on the nose? Single spotlight on stage with a hat and like a cane just doing high kicks. Don't get me wrong, I love everything about that. Is it too much to also reveal that at some stage he was in Dirty Dancing the musical as a kind of like silent oh, nod to... That's, like, that's, so in, or is that too on the nose? Too, it's too on the nose because you, there's two Patrick Swayze's in that universe. But that's there. what I mean. I like the idea that like... Is, uh, but maybe that's too much. I think it's too much. Okay. Well. I mean, look, I don't want to... Hey, no? hey. hey, kid, I like your moxie. Hey, you know what? Blue no sky su- session. No such thing as a bad idea. You got, you are, you've got to aim for the stars. You've got to throw some of them out the there. You've got to kill your darlings. <laughs> And me. Okay, so he, he comes back to take over the bar. Yeah. Work as a bouncer. Bob Fosse style. And he uses his powers of dance. Broadway dance. I like, think specifically Broadway <laughs> dance. His powers of Broadway dance. Like it's Broadway Hugh song style. and dance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the greatest entertainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, oh, so when the band. Are goes, we, by the way, yeah. overlooking the idea that the perfect person to play this would be actually huge? The bad guy. Because then they oh, can have Hugh a dance. Jackman's off. the bad guy. Yeah. That's this is so, writing itself. So good. Are we getting this? Are we getting Hugh this? Jackman. Copyright Tofok. Because Hugh Jackman would love to play a bad guy too. Yeah. Like a proper bad guy. But a bad guy who's equally as powered as the yeah. hero, if not better. Exactly. Because the last thing, because I think in the... Because yeah, that can be the thing that up until that point, yeah. he's able to <laughs> defeat everybody. <laughs> he's able to defeat everybody. Yeah. Because they can't combat his, oh. like, you know, dance... Fighting, yeah, but the only person the, who can combat is his dance fighting is the greatest entertainer. And the Hugh thing Jackman. is, the way that's so brilliant because the original Roadhouse finishes with like Ben Gazzara, well, Ben Gazzara's top henchman and Patrick Swayze have this punch up, yeah. like kung fu fight by the lake. But this is with like a barn burning in the background, it's like the climactic battle. You do it, but it's like show, like show tune dancing, like it's Hugh Jackman and Ryan Gosling just having this like kind of dance off. I love that, all right. I also think it's like you have the scene where, you know, he just arrives at the bar, it's his first night bouncing, the bad guys walk up and they're like, you know, we're coming in the bar, pipsqueak or something, and you just hear this. <laughs> That's how he starts. <laughs> yeah. That's how he starts every yeah. you know, you know, you know he's, he's about to dance kick someone's ass. <laughs> well, isn't that in the equalizer, the Denzel version? Isn't there always like he sets his watch at yeah, the start yeah, yeah. of when he's about to yeah. do his thing of how many seconds it'll take? Yeah. And so that's his version of that. Yeah. You just know that if you he's got, he's got, scene and you just hear yeah. you hear someone goes, What's he doing? He's gotta get a beat before he lays down a beaten. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I don't even think we should finish reading uh, Roadhouse 2 because I think ours is that you much better. stupid, dumb movie. We been, David, thank you for that great yeah, idea no, to, to that was, make it even well better. Well done, David. You get a sticker pack. Yeah. Yeah. Ste- slash sheet. Oh, we sent, oh, okay. So you decided. We didn't, yeah, you for wanted, this episode. You can have the one for this episode. All right. You've just decided that? You don't want to consult with me first? I mean, I guess when you put it like that, it does feel like I was impulsive about making that decision, and I'm sorry. Nah, I'm kidding, David. You're going to stick it back. I'm just messing. He knows I'm joking. He knows I'm I joking. Don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I was presumptuous. <laughs> no, I made no, a no. Decision I didn't mean to give you an existential. 
crisis. Now you're right. I just assumed that I could make that decision without consulting you. And I hey, just, you know what? Come meet me at the pier tomorrow what? morning. First thing. <laughs> yeah, come dawn. I'm going to bring my oil. <laughs> come is on, that okay? Yeah, is bring, that okay? Just can you bring just like a cinder block? Just that, <laughs> it'd really help if you could just tie a rope around it, put it around your neck, and then just come meet me at the pier. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't tell anyone. When you arrive, just give me your mobile phone. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, you haven't spoken to anyone this morning. No one knows where you don't are. Just good. Tell good. Just yeah, turn and face the water. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Get> closer. <laughs> Get closer. <laughs> just as you're pushing me over the side of the pier, uh, you know, super super. That's for David. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we uh, read some more mail? Yes. How long have we done? How long did that go for? How long have we been doing? Thirty minutes. Oh yeah. Let's do a deep. We need to get through some mail. So yeah. this will this will take us through to the end of time. Uh, okay, this is from Alex. Hey, Tofop, hey guys. I've been a loyal listener since you guys were first mentioned on Walking the Room all those years ago. You kept my afternoons full of laughs and other worldly slang terms that us Texans just don't always understand, like free healthcare, um, gun, gun control, <laughs> <laughs> eating in moderation for pleasure rather than as some sort of sport. Is that something you associate with America? Yeah, well, particularly Texas and places eating. like that is like competitive eating, or just like that everything's big. Everything's what the fuck is everything's sold eating? on the fact that like you know every restaurant you go to in Texas, oh, yeah. there's like a wall of people who've eaten like the half a cow something. in like thirty minutes or whatever. That's right. This guy ate four thousand pounds of beef. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's. I'm sure his lower bowel is going great. Yeah. Welcome to eat until you die. <laughs> I also had a badly recorded and produced podcast for a while. So it's nice to see even the popular podcasts have troubles as well. Ah, it's nice that we can be such an inspiration. Such a for low people. bar for yeah. people out there. Tofop. Low bar. <laughs> Which is also the title of our Roadhouse reboot. Low bar. Low bar. Low bar. We're set a new low This it. time, Dalton Pepper sets a new, new low, low bar. bar. Dalton Pepper's here. <laughs> And he, in effect. Uh, Sorry, my screen just froze. I wanted to send a fax, but you have hilariously made it the most difficult way to correspond with you. Yes. It's kind of the point. And now it's not a way you can correspond with us. Oh, this must be an old... This is... No, this is in June. On episode 218, you said the instructions would be on the website, and this is uh, what I could find. If you send me the fax number, I would love to join in the magical world of the future and send your facts keep up the awesome show and thanks for all the free entertainment this is he sent this not long ago yeah but that doesn't mean he's up to date listening to episodes yeah, right. he could be listening like he said well hopefully he's listening now do you want to explain what happened uh well in short uh we don't have a fax number anymore because charlie had made an arrangement with the news agency to receive our faxes on our behalf and uh Despite the fact that we were paying a reasonable, you know, amount for that. It 20 turned, bucks a month. It turned, out, it turned out that while early the news agent thought that was a pretty good deal, when your faxes, and I mean you, the audience's faxes, started to stream in overnight. Day and night. Waking non-stop. them up. Non-stop. Because the fax machine, this news agent, was connected to their house. Yeah. And so their phone would ring every time one of you sent a fax. Yeah. So when we sent out that first call with a fax number, we essentially doxed this news agent because for an entire night their phone wouldn't stop ringing. Like, when I walked in, I've never seen anyone more angry. 
Like I got a message saying, can you come in and collect your faxes? This is literally like the day after we launched the fax line. I walk in and she's so flustered because she hasn't slept. Her hair's all sticking up and she's got pages of fucking fax paper. Just shoves it at me. Stuck. And it's like, we're stuck. done. No, no, no. No more deal. And I, and I was trying to like sweet talk and go, oh, but I paid the 20 bucks. No, no, I'll give it back. I'll give it back. No, my, the phone was ringing all night, all night. And I'm like, all right, okay. Can I just, just one more week? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So there's no more fax machine. So sorry, Alex. Uh, you just, uh, you'll have to send us a message the way you just did via... Email. All right. This next letter is from Alex. He sent us a follow-up one. Hi, guys. Well, I have listened to the episodes where you explained why the fax number doesn't work. Well, it turns out I'm very behind on my TOEFL. <laughs> I just got to the episode about what happened with the faxes. No wonder it's so hard to find the number. Ha ha ha. Well, then this is going to be a fun episode for him to eventually get to. I'm so glad we recapped it. That was perfect. Because for anyone who hasn't heard that story, they just got the whole schmozzle right there. Oh. Oh, this is from James. Hey, Charlie and Will. This tough correspondence comes to you while I sit at the computer at my work in a major hospital. Call me Dr. Sluckass. Oh. Adding to the Pantheon. Will, uh, Will and I have been uh, so... Uh, 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 we're like you said, I mean, like Jewish mothers, so proud that so we have so many doctors listening to our show. It is probably the greatest compliment that's ever been played. People, house of learned people. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to think of that quote from Step Brothers. <laughs> this is a house of learned doctors. That's how I feel when I find out that we have doctors listening to this show. I learned think doctors. All I would say is, if it's true that what um, you know people often say is that your audience is a reflection of yourself, then I think we have a very, very nice mirror. Yeah. Because we look good in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> we save. We basically save people's we lives. We basically, basically, <laughs> save people's lives. Basically, almost. <laughs> we aid people who save people's lives. Yeah. We keep people. They. We keep them laughing. They keep you living. Yeah. <laughs> Is that our new slogan? <laughs> like when we it say, would take a lot of explanation, people, though. No, when people ask, what's your podcast about? We say, it's a medical podcast. Yeah. We keep doctors laughing, so they keep people living. Living. <laughs> it's a medical podcast. Okay, you know what? Let me try that on. See okay. how it feels coming out. Um, okay. Uh, we're in a, an Uber or whatever. Okay. Um, oh, hey, you're... Um, you're that uh, comedian bloke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah Will Anderson. Oh, yeah. A friend of mine says you do like a radio show or something on the internet. It's yeah, a... internet radio show. Oh, yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. and, and so what's it about? It's a, a medical podcast. Oh, yeah. cool. Like a science one? No, it's, it's medical. Um, it's for doctors mostly. Uh, oh, cool. we, uh, we keep them laughing so they can keep you living. It's <laughs> <laughs> the get out! <laughs> Throwing his shoe at you as you run away. Oh, good for good you! Good for you! Uh, all right, call uh, me Dr. Slackass. When I meet a cool doctor in the wards and we get talking about comedy or podcasts, I never know whether they mention TOEFOP. It's impossible to describe you guys in a professional environment without losing credibility. Yeah. <laughs> that is the most, uh, that's an awful thing to say. No, that's absolutely true. In last episode, we found out that, you know, 
essentially you can ruin your moment with your crush if you try to explain what TOEFOP is. And I think it could certainly ruin your professional colleagues' respect and admiration for you. Yeah, it's on... like finding, it's like going to someone's house and their DVD collection is just like depressingly average. Yeah. It's like... Just a lot of romantic comedies. Yeah. But not even the good Failure ones. Failure to launch. Yeah. It's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like every, uh, something about Mary Knockoff, like yeah. Along Comes Polly, just those kind of yeah, depressingly just a lot mediocre. Of really, a lot of Catherine Heigl. Yeah. Uh, because you can't discuss TOEFOP without losing credibility. I wonder if I mentioned it and they listen and hate it, that every medical decision I make in the future will yeah. now come with a caveat. Absolutely true. <laughs> yes, yeah, totally. That, that's why you're a doctor, because you can understand that. Oh, yeah. The doc thinks we should give him this treatment, but he listens to TOEFOP. So what the hell does he know? <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a good Fair point. point. Starts, oh. starts using TOEFOP methods of investigation. Uh, you've got that lump. I'm just going to Google it on Wikipedia. I wonder if every doctor in Australia listens and we're all just too scared to admit it. I mean, maybe, what if that is true? We keep them laughing, they keep you living. Or what if they discovered that all the best doctors listen to TOEFOP? Yeah. So, they just discovered... Something about that, there was listening this... to the neurons makes you more receptive to receiving information. Like yeah, well, because they, they do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we music. are doctors' versions of classical music. <laughs> because doctors wouldn't... Like, it doesn't work for classical... Oh, it'd be great if, like, the master surgeon... You know, like, in those TV things where they'll be in surgery and then they'll, like, put on the music they like to do the surgery? Wouldn't it be great if, like, the super surgeon loved TOEFOP and mm. couldn't operate without, like, putting on an episode of TOEFOP? <laughs> It's like, so like, it's like that scene, yeah, yeah. It's just like everyone goes quiet and it's just like, you ever thought like if Batman had diabetes? It'd be diabetes, man. And you're just seeing like close his eyes or, or she close her eyes and just like start performing a triple bypass. Well, what did someone once say about us? It's... It's not the opposite. It's the opposite of mindfulness. It's mindlessness. Mindlessness, and maybe that's what doctors respond to. So it'd be like them listening to you know there's there's heaps of apps now which is like calming stories yeah. that you listen to before sleep. That's what we are—a calming story. Well, it's the version of like I think if your mind has to be so fine-tuned to be like a medical professional and your head's full of facts and whatever, then maybe to relax you need to do something that is the opposite of that. So we, without even realizing it. By coming up with our opening, everyone relax. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah, I have a uh, relaxation podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Health and well-being. All the best. Love the podcast. Never stop doing it. Cheers, Jimmy. Thank you, Jim. That was awesome. More doctors write in. I mean, can you tell us what kind of doctoring you do? Or is that too much? And then it's too easy to identify you, first name and occupation. Probably well, just too. general area. Like, you don't have to... But like Tell I, us if us keeping you laughing has helped you save a life. Is it? No, but answer it in the proper way. Are you keeping them living because we're <laughs> keeping you laughing? We should do, like, a tour where we posit in every city we travel to that the only reason the healthcare system is so good is because we're keeping them laughing and they're keeping you living. And we get doctors on stage and we ask them and they refute it, but we refuse to believe them. <laughs> or, um, no, what? absolutely not. You have no influence on whether or not they save lives, but come on, we keep you laughing. <laughs> I'm telling you, there is absolutely no correlation. Or if doctors saved a life, but then made the person whose life they saved listen to the podcast 
And they're like, well, I only have one request. Thank you, doctor, for saving my life. I only have one request. You've got to listen to Tofop. And they're like, why? <laughs> well, they kept me laughing <laughs> so I could keep you living. <laughs> and subscribe to their Patreon. They really need <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like, I better be able to do that. I've said I can. <laughs> this is from Tim. Hey, Tofop! Right in all capitals. Firstly, holy shit in capitals. Back in 2012, I listened to Tofop and Dave and Greg as every new one was uploaded. When that, when that one day I heard of the upcoming hiatus, I remember exactly where I was when I heard it and it felt like a part of me had changed. I listened to Fofop and for a while, Dave and, uh, I listened to Tofop for a while and then Dave and Gre Greg ended and then I just kind of, well, I just, I just kind of stopped. I'm putting a bit of extra mayo on it. I'm using my acting. I stopped listening to podcasts altogether. And Are you allowed to use your acting in this? Yeah. Like, I mean, aren't you just only meant to use your powers of acting? You Do you sometimes use your acting skills in real life? I think everyone uses acting skills. In yeah, real but life. I'm not a professional actor. Yes. Like, so, but you're you're a professional uh, actor. Do I ever? So, in real life, when you're I, on acting, occasion, I have like played a part. Use your professional skills. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you go from what I would in the normal acting that anybody does? Do you feel like sometimes you go, you know what, you know what this situation needs? Yeah, hundred percent. I can put on some acting. Well, we, it's funny you say that. I've been doing these drop-in acting classes and one of the things we're talking about is archetypes. And essentially like a character, no matter what the character is in terms of how you define them, they're playing a certain archetype in each scene. And then we sort of had discussion about, has there ever been a time in your life when you adopted a persona that was you, but just an archetype? So, you know, the confident person, you know, the victim, you know, the jokester, whatever it is. And I told this story and I've probably told this in the show where Gemma and I blagged our way in to see Elvis Costello in LA. He was playing at the El Rey. It was like a secret gig, and we only heard it because we were listening to Indie 103, and so first, you know, first in best dress. And by the time we got there, there was just a line around the block. And so Gemma and I walked up to the box office, and I adopted the character of being this important, like, Australian, you know, radio show host or media personality here to see Elvis Costello. And I walked up and I said, hi, um, Charlie Clawson. And I knew from listening to the radio, the DJ's name was like, Bill or whatever, I said, uh, Bill said there'll be a couple of passes here for me. And they're like, who? And I said, Charlie Clawson, I'm from, you know, made up a radio station in Australia. <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, we don't have anything. And so they checked the list. And then I got huffy about it. I was like, mate, I said, look, I, don't, I know this is not your fault, but I've just flown in from Australia, like 14 hours on the plane. I'm just really here to cover this. And I'm meeting some people from blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, like I'd really appreciate it if, you know, you could find those passes and so he went off and got his manager and the manager came down and he was checking the list and he's like I'm really sorry and I was like ah oh. and Jim's like come on let's not and I'm like no 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 look look I get, get this is not your fault but you've got to understand I've come so far so and so from the station said there'd be two passes here and so they eventually were like okay cool and so they went and gave us two VIP passes and we got up into like the VIP section but the best bit was our friends texted us to say, oh, we got here too late, we can't get in either. And I'm saying to Jem, should I chance my hand one more time? So I go down and find the manager and I'm like, listen, look, thank you, listen, I'm going to ask for a bit of a favour now. I've got two friends here, they live in LA, we've only got one night to see them, could you do me a favour, could you let them in as well? And the guy was like, yeah, okay. And so he gave them two VIP passes and so the four of us spent the night in this like VIP section watching Elvis Costello. It was the best blag had ever done from playing an asshole. If in fact to bring it full circle, Christian Bale was right. 
In fact, at the end of the night, as you were walking out of the venue, Christian Bale just appeared and was just like, <laughs> yeah, I think I've made it. <laughs> Look over my shoulder. End of the concert, like it's a spooky, empty theatre. I've stayed for a couple of drinks after the show. The theatre's empty, the stage is dark. There's just a guy pushing, like sweeping up. And as I'm about to walk out, just from the stage and the shadows, I hear... He just steps out, just a light falls on his face. Well, 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 well. Good for you. You lied to get in to see Elvis Costello. Good good for you. I mean, that is pretty, that is a victory for the powers of acting, though. Yeah. Okay, where were we? <laughs> Sorry, you were using your acting. Okay, powers. so I took, we took a hiatus. Greg and Dave stopped, mm. and I just stopped it. I stopped listening to podcasts altogether, and honestly, I had problems myself to work on. Imagine one day, let's say in June 2019, when I open my podcast app and update it for the first time in years. So what do I see? You two wonderful guys coming back. Uh, what the fuck? They were apart the last time I checked because of the show, I thought to myself. Well, and uh, maybe they just recently got back together. I opened the Tofop Pods and it's 249 episodes. Motherfuck me. I've missed 160 something episodes. <laughs> this is the best surprise I've ever had. I'm sorry I haven't checked back sooner. I'm American, but there's no excuse. I'm back now. Thank you, guys. Vader. I think there is something delightful about it. It's like when you discover a new podcast that you like and then you realise there's a whole bunch of back episodes of that podcast. That is a, it's a rare joy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Or like watching a new TV show and then discovering that there's like, I was watching uh, Bosch. You know, have you ever watched the TV show Bosch? Titus Welver. And I I watched the first season and really dug it. And then I realised that like on my app there was like five seasons of it or something. And I was just like, oh... Ooh, that's some sweet bosh. <laughs> we're going to go to our Patreon letters now. Okay. The reason you want to write in, and well, the reason we're going to join Patreon is you get the chance to write into us. And if we read your letter out and it's the best one, or even an okay one sometimes, <laughs> you could win yourself a sticker sheet. Now, I haven't sent them out in ages. I'll be honest with you. I've really fucked this. And Charlie, if people want to um, find our Patreon, how would they? <laughs> It doesn't work for the audio version of this podcast, but if you're watching this right now, and you should, you should go to our YouTube channel and check out all our clips. Oh, that's a good point. This, is on, this could be on YouTube. Yeah. This is possibly Any on part YouTube. of this could end up on YouTube. I mean, I think we'll put the full episodes up on Patreon. That's going to be another reason to subscribe. Okay. So, that, so But I don't want to guarantee that yet because I haven't looked into it. Okay. But I think that people by this stage of listening to this podcast realize that 75% of the promises that we make on this podcast are empty and never fulfilled. I mean, I think it should be easy enough to do. But let's just... Yeah. That, that also could be the slogan for this podcast. I think it should be easy enough to do. And then we don't do it. It's certainly... We found that it was easy enough to do, but it was much easier to not do it. Tofa. On episode 251, Grumpy Charlie, I had a question about the entire gym situation. Okay, so just to recap... Um, previously on Grumpy previously Charlie. Previously on uh, Grumpy Charlie, I went to my local gym. I went to the cardio area to do a little skipping rope circuit kind of thing, skipping rope push-ups, all that kind of stuff. And as I was there first, and as I was doing my little routine, a, a personal trainer came up and started setting up for like a group training session. And then like another sort of dozen people arrived. And as they started their session, she came and asked me to move. And because I, the needs of the many outweigh the, the needs, needs of, of the few. And so I, had, I, I felt bad about it. I had a bit of a hissy fit. I had words. I got, did you, I, you know what? The perfect description is I got huffy. Did you use your powers of acting? 
Was there any acting yeah. or were you just hundred uh, percent you? Yeah, no, or I think I, I definitely I put some sauce on it. Yeah. Like it wasn't I mean, clearly it was not that much of an inconvenience for me to stop, pick up my drink bottle and my rope and walk ten feet away. Yeah. <laughs> you should have Christian barred it. You should have gone, Oh good for you. You want to be involved in some sort of group training exercise. <laughs> Too good to exercise by yourself. <laughs> Jeff has a question. Charlie, you say there was a class occupying 70% of the yes. area and you all moved into the remaining 30%. Mm. When the other PT was setting up, then asked you to move, was the first class still going on? I'm just curious. I'm in the US and I didn't figure you'd want to spend the money to send me a sticker book and I don't want one anyway. So save your money oh, and oh, love the boy. shot. Thanks. Oh okay, God. sure. All right. Okay. Don't have to, I mean, maybe we're... I don't mind sending it. It's a joke. It's a bit. Like, I, mean, I feel bad. Jeff, send us your address and... No, he doesn't want one. He literally said in his email, and I don't want but one But he anyway. doesn't want one because we've been whining about it so much. Well, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want one anyway, regardless of our whining. All right. I don't think it's entirely whine, whining. You send us an email and let us know if you are just saying that because uh, we whine about it all the time. And if you really want one, we'll send one to you. Yeah. And if you truly, like your word said in the first place, don't want one, then... No need to get in contact, <laughs> I guess. All right, last one, because we've got to wrap it up. Yep. I realise we've, uh, we've got to get out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got to get out of here. Literally got to get out, out of here, here. Yeah. yeah. Charlie and Will, this is from Caitlin. I love the show for many years. Upon discovering Tofop, perhaps six years ago, I binged to catch up, and now I miss not having Tofop on tap, and I'm forced to wait to see a new one pop up on my phone. Though it's always exciting. I've been a Patreon supporter for some time. Good on you and good on all good. of you. Good. <laughs> but I've blindly and happily shelled out the bucks without really embracing the content. I'll admit it. I had a couple of emails telling me your Patreon contribution was declined. Please check your bank. And it's never been the bank's problem. So I apologize if this has caused problems with your checks to Mike Al. Mm. I've logged in for the first time ever and I've just watched your live thing with Foz. A delight as, uh, as always, delightful. She wrote Foz as F-A-U-S, like Faust. Oh. Faust. Oh, all right. Well, I've seen several of your shows, including your Work in Progress Were Legal, gig at the Brunswick Picture House, a couple of Sydney Opera House gigs, as well as your most recent improv sets at the Comedy Store in Sydney. That's a big fan. I'm, a del I'm delighted every time. Wait for it. Charlie, uh, But I'll admit it to you. But not many. I still watch Home and Away. Oh. It's a nostalgia thing. And I'm pretty sure Alf Flame and Stewart misses Zach like crazy. We all do. Mm. You, you know who's getting a sticker pack, Will? <laughs> the fucking listener who compliments both of us. Yeah, that is a good point. Well done. Combined, I came to see a live Toe Pop at the Opera. And has also bought tickets to a bunch of shit we've done. So we are you. Combined, I came to see a live Toe Pop at the Opera House and bought my best mate along. She was reluctant. But, uh, but told me just today that she sourced a Tofop episode to put herself to sleep through her husband snoring. Tofop, better than your husband snoring. That's got to be some kind of win. I don't need stickers or recognition. I just want to let you know that I think you're both gorgeous. Although I am a little worried, where is John Deeks? Have I missed a national tragedy? My John's alive and well. We've texted. We should, um, get, we should get Deeks involved. Oh, he'd be though, great yeah. on this. Yeah. Now that we're, he's a... Bro, exactly. he's so much better at this let's, than us. Yeah, let's get Dixie back yeah. for something soon. Uh, all right, we've got to go. No sticker packs this week, but um, thanks to everyone for listening <laughs> and watching.
I don't know. I forgot. How do we end the show? Uh, go to tofop.com to check out this and other great podcasts. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is Patreon. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. And anything else we need to say? No. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Da dun 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 dun. We're done. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.